0: Hi, I'm Paul Schrempf. Welcome to Microdosing, where we look at specific, tangible topics, such as a product, business, or individual that represents a bigger trend in the business of healthcare. In this season, I will be revisiting my op-ed format, where I share my thoughts, observations, and opinions on things. Namely on the topics related to transformation, and as it relates to mergers, acquisitions and spin-offs. as these events come with more publicly available information on their strategic intent as well as other common knowledge in the healthcare community, I hope you enjoy. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. I have a massive work crush. On David Feinberg. There are countless executives that I admire. Ones that are able to launch and scale game-changing startups. Ones that rise in the ranks of multi-billion dollar enterprises and oversee their growth for several years. And ones that pull off an amazing turnaround. But there is a very rare few that have done all of it and repeatedly. Jack Welsh is an amazing businessman but his entire career was a GE. And you have to put Bezos, Gates, and Jobs on the list. But again, they too are tied to a single company. And I don't think you can talk about great executives with the one who can go by a single name, Oprah. But drop any of those amazing executives into a central Pennsylvania health system in 2015 and you wouldn't have seen the turnaround success Feinberg had on Geisinger Health. I mean, they offered refunds to dissatisfied patients. Most health systems today still aren't doing that. Then he moves on to Google Health, overseeing its expansion into AI solutions and healthcare. This all skips over his 20 years at UCLA Health, which has a national top five hospital. I would deem my career a huge success if I just had one of those things. So when Feinberg took over at Cerner last year, I was thinking, this is gonna be good. I saw him at the Vive conference a few months later. Unlike many CEOs that hide off to the side of a conference, if they go at all, Feinberg was out in front of the Cerner space in the mix of everyone coming and going, and people were greeting him with handshakes and big smiles. This is where I need to pause to level the playing field for my listeners. Cerner is an electronic medical records company, often abbreviated to EMR or EHR for electronic health records. Along with Epic, they comprise the majority of hospital EMR systems in the US. For those that are familiar with EMR companies, customers and clinicians can frequently equate them to a cable company or an internet company. Deep down, they know they're valuable in making things better, but on a day-to-day basis, the user experience can be excruciatingly frustrating. And those on the inside of EMR companies know these pains and realities well. So to see other healthcare execs gleeful and enthused to meet and greet a CEO of an EMR company is a big deal my own glee included. So you have someone who's taking the reins coming from one of the most innovative healthcare companies out there in Google Health, and he's bringing a tremendous amount of customer empathy as a past CEO of a health system, and a very innovative one at that. I mentioned the patient refund program just a moment ago, and he also pushed for the expansion of Geisinger's DNA sequencing program, as well as its population-based genomics research program. From a transformation lens, he didn't just run a health system and try to be a great health system, he played a different game, both on the healthcare consumerism front, and I'm intentionally using consumerism here and not patient experience, as well as advancing modern clinical innovation. And that's the type of leader Cerner needs. The U.S. EMR system is now mostly saturated, and it's a game of share-stealing. Worse yet, as hospital consolidation continues, Cerner has been on the wrong side of many of them, losing the system opportunity to the other EMR company that's on the other side of the merger. Cerner needs to play a different game. So Feinberg becomes the CEO of Cerner in October, 2021. Then Oracle announced that it would acquire Cerner in December, that deal subsequently closed this past June. And with the majority of healthcare deals that cross my screen each week, my reaction was, Meh. I mean, at $28 billion, it was a big transaction, but it didn't excite me. Two months ago, Larry Ellison, co-founder and executive chairman of Oracle, proclaimed that they are going to build a national EMR. (sighs) So we have a data storage company with relatively flat growth for the past few years, buying a healthcare data storage company with relatively flat growth for the past few years. Those that have listened long enough to my episodes and read my articles know where this is going. We have two mediocre companies that do similar things coming together to become one larger mediocre company that keeps doing the same thing. Congrats, you bought some more time on your stock price and financials for the next few months, but in two to three years, you'll be back to where you are now. And then you have the acquirer making all these grandiose promises. People, we've been to this party before. Don't let the size of the deal and promises fool you. We've been tackling interoperability for over a decade, and there are endless reasons why we have too much healthcare data locked up in silos. Just because Oracle shows up and wants to also change it doesn't mean it's gonna change at a different pace. What I love about Feinberg is that he knows how to change the game. That's what transformation's all about. When markets begin to mature and stagnate, you need to play a different game or you're gonna race to the bottom. Our preceding episodes on Amazon and Mark Cuban's Cost Plus drug company are great examples of people playing different games, and this would give him a boost in capital to do some really cool things at Cerner. However, he's been named chair of Oracle Health, and Travis Dalton is taking on GM responsibilities of that business unit. Dalton is the former president of Cerner's government services, and then backfilling Dalton's spot is Patrick Sargent, whose name is confusing as he's a retired two-star army general has 20 years of medical leadership in the U.S. Army, and is coming over from United Health Group. Now, this is where it gets interesting. We don't often associate government bodies with transformative innovation. Why would we? We've all stood in lines at the DMV or sat on hold, only to interact with the most unenthusiastic person you've ever met. But innovation in governments aren't oxymorons. Outside of the U.S., almost all healthcare is delivered via government and or government intervention. And the U.S. rarely tops the rankings in healthcare from the quality of care to cost of care and or overall health of the population. But in a capitalistic dominant culture of the U.S., we jump to the conclusion that anything transformative can't come from the government. But that's flat out false. Some of the most seismic transformations and innovations came from government intervention. The Transcontinental Railroad was government funded. The Space Race and putting a man on the moon was all government funded. Heck, if you have DirecTV or DISH network, many of those satellites were launched from sites originally designed for the US or Soviet governments. The US interstate system was funded by the government. We all love talking about how cool Harley-Davidson is and it being a lifestyle brand. Harley-Davidson wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for its government contracts in World War I and World War II. That and the customization and individuality culture it fueled as a result of veterans using a variety of parts and pieces to keep their motorcycles running after the war. And it's funny that Harley-Davidson in the late 20th century was a brand associated with anti-establishment, was largely fueled by the establishment. Wars are terrible things, but one has to think, would the boom in the airline industry in the 50s and 60s have happened without the innovation in aircraft technology or surplus airplanes from the war? Thus, some of the greatest transformations in great companies have come as a result of government action. You won't get fast-paced, instinctive decision-making. No, it'll be slow and bureaucratic, but it can still lead to transformative outcomes. It takes a long time to win contracts with governments, I admire the people who do it as I don't have the patience. Most of us in the private sector just aren't wired that way. But for those of you who do work at companies where governments are a part of your customer base, you know how large and stable those deals are when you win them. They can be three, five, 10 years long. So as Ellison proposes building a national EMR and they promote the head of their government business to the president, I wanna highlight their track record with governments. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of publicly available information that I can disclose around that or one that I can find very easily. So while we don't know the size of the contracts, we do know Oracle has done business with a variety of government organizations from local to state, provincial to national. And in the U.S., they have countless services that meet HIPAA standards. HIPAA meaning Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, which Many of you probably are well aware of, and those that aren't, look it up, and I'll be happy to have a lengthy conversation about my opinion on that. Um, But they have contracts with the U.S. Department of Defense, Department of Treasury. I wish there was a publicly available number of how much business they do with governments, but all I can say there is there's a high degree of evidence of it. The other aspect that is important when winning with governments, particularly with the promise of a national EMR, is your experience with lobbying. OpenSecrets.org is a research group that focuses on US politics and money and its effect on elections and public policy. They tap into a variety of information sources to highlight how much companies are spending on lobbying. There's a lot of ways in which they display this information, and in this case, I'm afraid to quote a single number because I'm not sure what's behind it all, but I will say Oracle spends a lot, a lot more than Cerner, and even more than the other big EMR player, Epic. I'm a guy who knows a little bit about everything in healthcare, but selling a national EMR to the federal government is something I don't have a clue about. I'm just seeing a string of interesting things emerging. The EMR market is saturated and losing margin each year, and there's nothing left but share stealing. David Feinberg, one of today's most respected healthcare leaders and someone I have a personal work crush on, joins Cerner. Oracle buys Cerner, moves Feinberg to chair Oracle Health. Travis Dalton, former president of Cerner's government services, takes on the GM role of Oracle Health. Former two-star general Patrick Sargent backfills Dalton's spot. Larry Ellison, co-founder of Oracle, proposes building a national EMR. Oracle is experienced in selling to the government and has a history of being an active lobbyist. Here's information I don't have. I can't find any substantive information about EPICS and its efforts with governments. I know they do business with them. I've been in healthcare long enough to know that, but there's nearly no digital footprint of their presence or success with governments. This is where it all gets really cool. And if you've been asking this already, you should be. What does Feinberg, Cerner, and Oracle have to do with transformation? They're playing a different game. They're tapping into a strength to create a new way to win. In this case, it's with governments. And let's say this quest for a national EMR never pans out. What then? Remember earlier when I said the US EMR market is saturated? Do you know what types of organizations deliver care for the vast majority of the world? Governments. You also get an international growth platform when you adapt a government focus here. Oracle and Cerner are playing a different game. And with Feinberg in the mix, this is gonna be fun to watch. And David, if you're listening to this, call me. Thank you for listening to Microdosing. If you'd like more content like this, go to our website at md-pod.com. And that will triage you to all the common podcast platforms and social media pages to follow us. Until next time, cheers.